You're listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, host Just Just John. And welcome to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. And of course, since this is our TV gossip and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City show, I've got your other podcast bestie, Missy, here. Missy, are you here? Yes. Hi, everyone. Okay, Missy gets all the cheers. It's never going to make me stop laughing. Um, In fact, I thought of us when, um, well, like us and a a couple of the cousins and friends. Uh, Did you see that video? Um, Well, heck, I don't know if it got posted with the Facebook jam up this morning. Um, But there is about seven women all sitting on the stairs. And they, I guess they decided they were going to record themselves. Maybe they were doing it for TikTok where they were going to do, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but (laughs) this is what they were doing. You know, the the song Bad Romance by um, Lady Gaga? Yeah, I've seen people do that on TikTok. Okay, so I didn't know this because I am trying very hard not to get myself engaged in that universe because I know if I do, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole that I'll never get out of. Yeah, you're missing out. You're missing out. It's the best rabbit holes. It's the best. I I know. So, uh, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. So I guess they were like, so the first woman, they're all sitting there and they these women were like good and grown like nobody i think the, there may have been somebody in that group under uh under 40 but i doubt it and you know sisters we look good so if i could still tell they were 40 and up and and maybe 50 and up these women were grown and so the first one does whoa, whoa you know whatever they start laughing so hard that they are falling off the stairs. And it was obviously a slumber party. So they were in pajamas and they are like passing out, like (laughs) choking, laughing to the point where I didn't even know why I was laughing, but I was laughing to the point where tears came out of my eyes. And, And everybody who was passing it around and even the people who were like commenting underneath were like, you are going to laugh and you're not gonna be able to stop. And each one of them kept trying to do their part, but they were just like, you know, that kind of laugh where you know you're going to pee on yourself. Yes, I do. (laughs) Well, okay, so you'll have to watch it. I did, uh, well, like I said, at the time, because I'm so dumb, I had no idea about the Facebook outage, which we are going to talk about. We're going to do an episode on that next, guys. But, um... I had no idea. So when it was sent to me, obviously I opened it. It was on Facebook. So then I attempted to post it. And when it didn't post right away, I just went on with work, assuming that, you know, it was my phone and it would post later. So, excuse me, I guess it never did. (laughs) So now I know I'll have to do it tomorrow. I just, thought, okay, well, this made my morning because it certainly made me laugh for like straight through my morning tea. So you must be such a good Facebooker because I am so like bad on Facebook that when it stopped working, I just thought I got banned. <laughs> well, you know, remember I got banned a few weeks ago and had no idea why. In fact, it was, um, it was, the the and that's it was really crazy it was the week of the first episode because that was the episode i did with riri and i got both of us did we got banned for three days so even though we recorded that episode that was when i had to have uh one of the other uh f and dd members that's the fashion and drama diaries page guys if you want to join 
go ahead and join. It's the daily blog. We talk about everything because obviously I can't get all the news on the podcast. So I put a lot over there, but trust me, you're getting the best stuff over here on the podcast. I always tell the folks on the FNDD page, they're really missing out when they don't listen to the podcast. But um, anyway, uh, that was when I had to have hope posting everything on the page for me. And of course, that was one of those days where one of the one of our little mini controversies started where I can't even remember what we were going back and forth about. And Hope's like, some lady's going after me because of all the stuff I'm posting that you're saying. <laughs> but um That's hilarious. Anywho, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. It was really funny. In fact, it it was housewives related because we got into it about, and it was, it's always one of those things, because you know, you and I, if we know something and we know that we are right, unequivocally, there is no amount of opinion. We are absolutely correct. And <laughs> there is someone who is just wrong. And they are not just wrong, but they're loud and wrong. And on top of it, you're on my <laughs> platform. You know, and I can't correct you. It was driving me crazy. And this was um, somehow things went down a rabbit hole. I think it was because of Ronald. He's the one who consistently posts about Potomac, even though I, I don't always post about it. And it was one of those times of going down the rabbit hole about Chris, Candace's husband, and whether or not he owned the restaurant. And I was like, he may have had a minor, um, a, like a minor stake in it, but he absolutely did not fully own this restaurant because uh, one of the women had asked about how can he manage her career? Did he have a restaurant? What happened to the restaurant? And I said, not only do I know this, I literally have the Washington Post article in front of me from when the restaurant opened. The restaurant was down the street from the law firm I was working at and I would go there for lunch. <laughs> so, so I was like, Myron Mixon's is a chain. He did not own it. Even as a franchisee, he did not own it. I even had the Washington Post article announcing Myron Mixon's, the famed restaurant named after the guy, this barbecue person, Myron Mixon, is coming to Alexandria and what have you. And it said the names of the owners, none of whom were <laughs> And meanwhile... There is this, so when one of the uh, people on the page asked the question about, you know, well, I thought he managed your career and whatever. And I said, well, I'm not, I don't know for sure whether or not that restaurant was one of the many unfortunate casualties of the COVID closings, because sadly we know there's many, um, and, but, and I don't work over there anymore, so I don't know, but if they did, then obviously he doesn't work there anymore. Or if they are open, maybe he's just not affiliated with them anymore. And uh, so some, so this woman's like, well, no, he wasn't just a manager or whatever. He owned it. And I said, well, again, he may have had some minor stake in it, but he absolutely did not own it. And she went into this whole thing about it. And, and of course, right when that happened, boom, I'm banned from Facebook for three days. So I'm seeing this discussion going on. And I, uh, it would like, seriously, I was going out of my mind. And so I gave them the hope. I gave Hope some information to post and she did. And the person is just like, blah, 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 blah. Now, you know, you and I, when we know and we know we're right and we've got the information, there is no discussion. We shut it down and that's it. Right. I wasn't in a position to do that. And no matter how many times Hope put message from Just Jonda, the girl still thought it was from Hope and saying, well, this Hope person keeps saying whatever. So I said, okay, I don't want to keep putting her in the position because I, it, you know, I know Hope and like, she's only going to get offended once. Then she's going to curse you out. So I said, let me just leave this alone. But the crazy thing is, um, just going back to the band, 
So I was banned for three days. It was never truly understood why. Riri, coincidentally, at the same time, saying something about a violation, I guess, of maybe like some profanity or something. I don't know what it was. And I don't share random stuff from, you know, Boo Boo the Fool's page. And right. as you know, on the FNDD, I have it where... Um, People can post, but what most people may not know, and they assume that their stuff is disappearing, I have it on post approval. So if I don't pay attention to it all, to the post approval all day long, that's why it may take a day or two before I before your post is added. Because, and I do that mainly because of bots and making sure that we don't get ads and stuff like that. Um, and so I was like, I know I don't post BS and I don't allow random stuff to come up. So interestingly, I've, it, I had to Google, how the heck do you get in touch with Facebook? And there was a ton of people who were also Googling, how the heck do you get in touch with Facebook? Because apparently this is happening to everybody. Wow. So every time I would go on and try to post something, because I kept testing it, it, it was literally like a countdown. It was like, you will be able to post in two days, 11 hours. You will <laughs> right. be able to post in one day, you know, 23 hours. And, and so I wasn't supposed to be able to post until like Wednesday at noon. Suddenly out the blue, I just happened to go there Tuesday at like three o'clock in the afternoon just for the hell of it. And boom, I can post. No apology, <laughs> no nothing. All of a sudden I'm out of Facebook jail. But isn't the whole thing scary? Like, I was getting so nervous during the outage today because I'm like, what are all the crazy addicted Facebook people going to do without Facebook? Like, what kind of crazy thing is about to pop off? But it wasn't just Facebook because, see, I think that when it comes to Facebook, I think that there's a lot of people except for those crazies um, who probably would be fine because as the kids say, you know, Facebook's for old people or whatever. So it's, you know, at this point it is, I'm not going to claim old, but let's just say it's grown folks and, uh, and clubs, of course, and sororities, fraternities, organizations, restaurants, you know, that type of thing. So there's Look, still a lot of stuff on there. It's for old people. And I legit checked on my parents. Because they are always on there. Well, yes. But it wasn't the Facebook people that I was concerned about because I kind of feel like most of the people who, other than like businesses who, like the younger generation says, you know, it's the old people or whatever. Well, if that's the case, the older people survived for literally like three or four times longer than they have been alive without any of this stuff. So ultimately they would be fine. It's when I found out that Instagram was down that I was concerned that there was gonna be people whose heads were gonna explode because what the hell were these kids gonna do? Go to TikTok. Like, go to TikTok like I did. Well, I'm not a kid. <laughs> but I but need anyway, to go to we TikTok. Gotta, we gotta stop. We said we're not gonna talk about this on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, see how easy it is. Okay, guys, for real, we're gonna we're gonna be good this time. All right. So first, Bravo gossip. So I don't have a whole lot this week because most of our Bravo gossip this week is really um, some of the follow up from last week. Like, but uh, of course, one of our hot topics in Bravo gossip last week was the departures from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Well, it was kind of twofold. We had the major departure, which was absolutely announced and for sure, which was Cynthia Bailey. So we knew that that one was real because she said it herself. The And then there are the two rumored arrivals, which we talked about, um, the Akon's concubine woman, and the Olympian, who apparently people really like, and she and her husband had a show on We, which I was not aware of, but uh, those who watched it, everybody has a good um, 
has good things to say about them. They like okay. him. Yeah, they like him. They like her. They seem to be very, uh, just a very cute family. In fact, um, two two women who are, you know, sort of in the same age range that the show is trying to grab, although I know they're trying to grab younger women too, but, um, you know, late 30s, is early 40s is who uh, watched it, she said one of the things that was most endearing about the show was how into her the husband was. So of course, as women, we like to hear that. So, um, but the downside is I like to hear that. I hate that for these shows, especially Atlanta in particular, which is known for being particularly vicious when it comes to the husbands. Now, all of these shows have not exactly been the best um at for for any marriages i mean the uh the housewives divorce rate is probably i would imagine it is higher than the national average <laughs> there's definitely a curse there's definitely exactly. a curse I, if the national average is 50 percent, i would say the housewives rate has got to be at least 65 um you know it's because there's and and really when you look at it the only marriages that have truly survived are the ones where where the people are a bit older and were married for a really long time, like um, you know, like Lisa Vanderpump or um, Kyle Richards. Her and Mauricio have been together like over twenty years, obviously. Um, so e even if the people aren't necessarily old, old, the marriages are much more. Uh, uh, established like 20 years and up anybody on these shows where they're like 15 years or less so <laughs> yeah I mean uh, I mean it's it's a rough one because it's like everybody is the star of their own movie like mm -hmm. that's how life works everybody is starring in their own movie but when you get all the stars of their own movie in the same room together well and then and you have You've got the microscope. I think what is even worse for these shows, um, and I and I think it's reality show um, relationships. Period. Is you have, of course, you've got production, right? So you've got all the crap we know that production does because production doesn't give a shit about your marriage. They claim they do. It's supposed to be a show about happy marriage and blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, but they know that ultimately it's drama that sells because it's drama that gets watchers. So blah, blah, blah on the happy marriage stuff. They know the deal. So you've already got um, production, which is, you know, no matter what they tell you, there's a nefarious undercurrent to that. Then on top of it, if you've got um, an ensemble around you, you have your marriage under a microscope by your castmates, and then worst of all, your marriage under a microscope from viewers who due to social media and just the age we live in have a, um, actual real-time access to you, to your marriage and the constant discussion and or your relationship if you're not married the constant discussion criticizing um dissecting all of those things i mean it, it you know you have people's everybody's dynamics are not for everyone um and there right, are some right. dynamics that are not great but it works for them you have, in fact, the person that we're about to get to, case in point, so it works out, great segue, Portia Williams, who came onto this show as, um, you know, essentially as the model housewife, certainly as it related to her husband, uh, or at least what they, what they showed. Initially, she had gone from being in videos to then conforming back to what it was she 
probably was supposed to be in the eyes of her family. Um, you know, Hosea Williams' granddaughter, and then she marries this man who, a uh, former football player, trying to have his respectable career as a uh, commentator. And then she, of course, being the pretty housewife and following the rules and trying to have a baby and, and baby makes three and all of that. Now, based on <laughs> what we have learned since then, was it possibly not the healthiest environment? Maybe. Maybe not, but guess it was what? definitely Hines not the healthiest. But, Hines, but you know what? Hindsight is twenty twenty. When she was in it, she was living it, and whether or not it was fine to her, those that was the life she was choosing to live because she felt that it was giving her what she wanted at that time. In fact, it's what got her on the show because he didn't want to do the show. He made right. that clear. So, right. but my point is whether it, whether it was healthy or not, it was her life once, but once she got on the show, when she was still like, I can't go to the strip club now, I can't do this now, obviously, meanwhile, the princess of Thotlandia was living inside of her, but the point is that's what she was, that's what she chose because that princess of Thotlandia that of course came out afterwards and she started hanging with Portia and whatever, I mean, with uh, Phaedra and what have you, that's who she was before that, before she married him, when she was in hip hop videos, she chose for that not to be her life anymore. I mean, here's the thing. These people are in a relationship with their public. And you know how, like, in the beginning of a relationship with um, your man or whomever, yeah, they put on a certain whatever, and then, like, you really get to know them, and you're like, oh, so that's, that's who he really is. But and it happens every is, time with these housewives. The they always want to portray that. And you were going to live that for however long you live. My, the point I'm getting to with Portia is not that her and Cordell were necessarily going to last for 20 years. We'll never know that. But what I think it's, a, it's very fair to say is however long they did or didn't last, they damn sure would have lasted longer had she not gone on this show. Definitely. The, and and, and so brings in the element of other people because you've got this whole cast around you making comments about your mate, your marriage, and all kinds of stuff. And and all I'm I'm saying is and this is not a referendum on on Portia at all. I, I used her as an example because obviously we're gonna get into her in a moment, but or we're we're into her now, but we're gonna talk about her status on the show is the fact that she's yet another example of the casualties of this show and of Atlanta in particular, because even the husbands in Atlanta, and I think pretty much everybody acknowledges that on that particular part of uh, branch of the franchise, they are particularly hard on the husbands. Yeah. Yeah. And um, whether it's just, you know, the fact that, you know, the husbands, if they just say one word in defense of their wife, then you get it when business. Da, 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 da. Then the husband gets beat down, questioning but that's their because, sexuality. That's because the husbands don't have money on that show. Well, exactly. And that's true, too. Questioning their sexuality, um, all of that. And I do agree with the thing with money, because on the other shows where the husbands do have money, for the most part, they stay out of it unless they're unless they're actual friends with the women. Um, yeah. Yes. Like, and that's and to me, like on Beverly Hills, when you see people like Maurizio or BK or even um, Lisa Vanderpump's husband at a certain point saying stuff, it's because at least those early cast members and a couple of the ones they've brought on since then, not like 
the stunt casting where they bring in like Brandy Glanville and um, and even Garcelle, who I love on the show, but technically she had no relationship with them. Um, so to a certain degree, stunt casting, it just happened to work. But mm-hmm. uh, but these the initial uh, course of these shows, the reason why some of these shows, even when they have their ebb and flows with some seasons not so great and then they can re- rally and have a decent one is because you have a core of people who are friends. And if those women just happen to be married, those husbands, you can tell there's real relationships there. And that is the only reason why they might step in. Like Lisa Vanderpump's husband stepping in with stuff with Kyle a lot of times because they have an actual relationship and he was, and he would get pissed because he's like, damn, I thought we were supposed to like have each other's back. Cause you know, they'd be trying right. to cover each other behind the scenes. Um, know and, and all of that and then of course you know Kyle wanting to be the queen bee will come out and you know go off script and F everything up and then PK is just a firecracker <laughs> that mofo is just crazy um but anyway uh and, and Peter I know people gave Peter a hard time but quite frankly Peter was more interesting than his wife so I didn't mind Peter <laughs> I mean, it it was really because I kind of felt like a lot of times uh, Peter, I think that Peter knew the assignment and Peter's assignment was to say the stuff that he knew his wife wanted to say, but wouldn't because the thing that people would conveniently forget when they would come down on Peter is that these two are married. So there is nothing that he is saying that his wife and he didn't already talk about. And that's why he would say the stuff because he knew that this is what his wife really wanted to say, but was too chicken shit to say it. But also every time he saw Peter, he was repping his business. So he definitely knew the assignment. If Peter was on the camera, he was saying something about bar one or oh, yeah. who knows what, right? Like always. Which always, also always, always. made it for her because, again, helping her because who was the major investor in bar one? His wife. <laughs> but wait, it wasn't until after the divorce when she, the, I guess the lessons finally sunk in. And then now every time you see Cynthia, she's trying to represent her wine cellar sunglasses or, and whatever. or whatever random stuff she cobbles together into her lifestyle line or whatever she's doing. And but it's yeah. Like, and, and I, you know, I can't even hate on Peter with the bar one thing because it worked on me when me and my girlfriends went to Miami, <laughs> it just happened to be the weekend that he was opening Bar One Miami among the umpteen places we went that was that weekend. Guess where we went? Bar One Miami. In fact, we met Peter Thomas and took pictures with him because he was there. Well, what's really crazy is either he's opening or he opened a restaurant in Baltimore, but it's still a pandemic. I haven't gone, now, but I haven't heard anyone talk that? about it. In fact, it was supposed to be down on the waterfront. I saw yeah. that when I was um, when I was in Baltimore. I guess about maybe uh, six weeks or so ago, and it was on the waterfront because it's one of the one of the other places. Because I was a little concerned. I got to be honest. When I saw it, I was like, "He's opening here. This place is pretty big, and we know Peter ain't got no money." <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Opportunities come up in the pandemic. Those rents are real low because nobody is. Yeah, but you just hit the nail on the head. Nobody's going. Nobody's going. You can rent the place and then you just got a place. I think. Well, that's a business gamble. Like you're gambling on, oh, everything's going to come back and tables are going to be booked because people are going to be so thirsty to go out again. That's and that's definitely true because people are going out to a certain degree. Um, I also think it depends on where you are because if you're somewhere where there's fewer places to go, then that could bode well for you. And to his credit, even though it 
like most of his other clubs, it may not last very long, at least initially, it's not a bad gamble to gamble on two things. One, Peter Thomas himself, because he is known in the industry. And and two, um, the bar one name. He has turned that into something that people recognize. So if nothing else, just like Lanethia's, her spot, um, it gets it uh, gets people in the door. And the, I think the thing even with Nini's place is until, you know, the fervor wears down, at least right now, post-pandemic, people uh, just going out, her name not completely falling off the radar yet, and the fact that she's not right downtown competing with everything right in the heart of Atlanta. If I recall correctly, I think she's out in Decatur. Well, I know the house she's selling is out in Decatur, but I think that that's where her lounge is too. It's, it's, it is not anywhere near downtown Atlanta. Okay. Yes. But so, a lot of the people down there don't live in downtown Atlanta. Like, honestly. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about as far as going out, you don't have to go downtown to go to her place. So, on right, the other, right. So, she also she doesn't have to compete with the places downtown because she's not right there with them. And then, two, if you don't want to have to even go into downtown Atlanta, that's that's another alternative. Right, so, right. Um, you know, so there's so there's that. But at any rate, guys, I know we went all around the Mulberry Bush talking about all of this. And tonight, uh, Real Housewives Salt Lake City was actually a good episode. So we are going to get into it. But Portia Williams did announce because we remember we talked about Portia last week. She did announce that she is leaving the show. Um, we talked about this last week as far as me not believing that she was going because I think that these were was a negotiation tactic. I still hold to that. I do believe she overplayed her hand. I she do overplayed her that. hand. Um, but what she did, which is the, the right thing to do, is while she may have overplayed her hand with um, what she wanted for them to bring her back to Atlanta. Because as we discussed last week, I think part of what she wanted wasn't just so much the fact that she knew that her life was going to be a major part of the story, but also hazard play, hazard pay, because her life was going to be a major part of the story, but in a negative way. They because, still want to talk about her on the show. Oh, I mean, they, 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 they that, right? talk about it. Um, but I mean, you you can only talk about it so much if the person's not there. Right, but I mean, they're talking about you, your real life, and you're not even getting a paycheck for it. So that's well, kind of exactly. But but at the same time, it is this is a reality <laughs> show, right? So if we're putting forth, and this is the thing where everybody just really, you can tell this is when you get into that whole team this versus team that and where this stand thing, because you see it even with Potomac, with like Candace and Monique and all that, it's just as out of control with um, with Atlanta. And it just, it's really disheartening because you notice this is this, with the black shows is always, you know, that uh, it, it, and it gets to a point of ridiculousness and ridiculousness and nastiness because, you know, people are like, uh, you know, you get the whole nasty going people. Are like, oh, well, I guess Kenya is not going to have anything to talk about and this and that. And I don't know how many different ways I have had to say to people, you sound ridiculous because this is a show that is supposed to be allegedly <laughs> supposed to be about a group of wives, house wow. allegedly. wives, allegedly, allegedly. wives, or at least seeking relationships or something that makes it make sense that you are a part of this cast. Okay. So, you know, whether you are divorcing, getting remarried, dating, the whole thing. And it's not like Portia didn't know that too, because literally every season right up to Dennis, there was a different dude. And, and <laughs> she's not, yeah, she's not the only one. 
but you know, cause they know you can't just be here chilling. The only person they let do that is Marlo. And that's why Marlo is never holding a peach. So is so her but, dreams but, of having the a wedding, right? Portia's dreams of having the Bravo wedding are just dashed. Huh? Well, well, no, it's not because um, it will, guys, I'll get back to the point I was going to make about why this whole Kenya thing is stupid, but um, no, they're not because remember she still has her. And this is where the questions come in. In fact, I'm literally Googling it while we're talking, but it's still a little up in the air. And this may have been also a part of her negotiations. If she's smart, I hope they were. The Remember, she was supposed to get, and she did get, a special, not a spinoff. Of course, Portia Stans are calling it a spinoff. It is not a spinoff. She was supposed to get a a three or six episode special, uh, The Pursuit of Portia, that would coincide with the release of her book. You know, the one where she claimed she was homeless at a certain point, but she was living with her mother and, you know, Master Sweet. So, right. <laughs> right. The fact that she would even say something like that speaks to so many things on so many different levels is not even worthy of discussion. But the point is, she, um, so she's supposed to get, and she did, she got the, she got the special, because that's when everything kind of blew up with the whole cast, you know, after that whole big thing, and they all tried to go against Candy and whatever. So Bravo was kind of like, you get a special, and you get a spinoff, and you whatever. So Candy got OLG, Portia got the pursuit of Portia and um and it was supposed to be a three episode special coincide with her book coming out and to do this whole little thing that they attempted to do last season with you know Black Lives Matter and that whole thing right to the left <laughs> right right decided to squat on a castmate's face and sleep with a stripper so <laughs> um what I got more rating yes so, well, yeah, no, it, that was all relative. I mean, they had their lowest, lowest ratings in history, so higher than the lowest ratings in history. So anyway, <laughs> so um, what happened then was when the whole Simon thing came out, uh, now again, this is all alleged, but when the Simon thing came out, then word on the street is that it was upgraded to six episodes because then Bravo was like, oh, we've got a gold mine because now she's got this fiance and it's all this stuff or whatever. But then, of course, because there's nobody that looks like us in the boardroom and they just assumed that everybody was going to go along with this, the backlash came and it was like, yeah, her stand still like her, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. If people are gonna want to see so much of this guy, and clearly, if she's there, he's gonna want to be in every freaking scene. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, word was that they were like, mm, "We don't know if we're ready to invest in six. So it sounds to me like what they're probably going to do, especially now that she's left the show. And also if she's got the right team negotiating for her, I do think that it's going to be more than three episodes. If she and Simon pull off sometime between now and the time this show airs, getting at least one of those marriages, like maybe the big Nigerian one, especially given that they've been spending a lot of time over there, Nigerian, Ghana, wherever, they've been spending a lot of time in Africa. I think that she could very well pull off getting more than three episodes if they're smart enough to get that, to get at least the big African wedding done um while while the show is still pending because this is something that was supposed to air before Atlanta even started taping which was part of the reason why taping was held up because Candy was doing OLG and Portia was supposed to be recording her show now if you go to her um Instagram one of her fans asked her when 
her series was coming out and now she's saying sometime in December, which doesn't make any sense because her book comes out in uh, early November, either late October, early November, because book's already done. So that doesn't even make sense from a marketing and branding standpoint. So if you're pushing the release of the show, that means you're pushing some of the taping so that you can get other things done. To me, the other thing you need to get done if you want this show to go somewhere is a wedding because there's nothing about Portia, especially with somebody else's husband, other than to her stands, that is interesting enough to give her a full-blown series. And I know that they did it with Kim and there was nothing interesting about Kim to give Kim that. But Kim was... Um, Kim was... But Kim was under different circumstances. And she was also willing, she was also willing, let's be clear here. The thing about her and her people are that they are literally willing to do anything. Anything. Not not only were they willing to do anything, there's, I'm getting some feedback with you. Maybe you're too close to something. I'm not sure. But the the other thing, I agree with you, but you also have to remember that Bravo is operating with these ladies under a very different set of conditions now. At the time when they gave him her spinoff, well, there's a couple of things we can't discount. Number one, him is white. And unless we call spade a spade, Kim was treated differently. Number one, Kim is white. Because the fact that that show was even on for as long as it was is stuff. Two, because, uh, and, and even more importantly, Kim was uh, a, like pretty much the second star at the time uh, of, the, of the show at a time where the show was at the top of its game, top of the ratings, as they called it, the jewel in the Bravo crown, making the most money. Like, not just the women making the money, but the show itself making the money. None of that is the case anymore, which is going to make Bravo use that as an excuse for being a little gun-shy about just writing a blank check for somebody to just have, you know, a spinoff with episodes if they don't think that they can get them. As we've talked about before with Candy, Candy has a whole different thing going on with Bravo. Bravo's scared of Candy. Or at least Andy is. Right, right. And and because she can walk away and and still be out on top. Like- and also the OLG show brings a an entirely different concept. Yes, there's like yes it is a black Vanderpump rules, but for it as but for black people and for bravo it is a completely different concept to do a show like this on bravo the only other show that is similar to this would be sweetie pies but that was on own and it's really difficult to watch knowing that homeboy was like maybe a serial killer so there's well, that oh yeah that's there's that i mean but that show is over anyway I mean, it, it ended even before that, although technically the sick thing is he had done what he did when the show was still going. Because remember that episode where he was like walking with the mom through the neighborhood? Right. And she was like, oh, I can't even think about it. But that's it, what it, that's what makes that show like if you notice, they're not going to run reruns of that show. Oh, just no. like oh, no. just like they didn't run reruns of like Bobby and Whitney Houston because it was like. Well, they ran, but they actually ran reruns of that for years, but now, no, I mean, you know. Right. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Although you can still find being Bobby Brown. I don't know if you can find Sweetie Pies. I still love being Bobby Brown. Yeah, yeah, but it's when keeping it real gets too real. Yeah, for for sure. But, um, uh, but anywho, uh, yes, so I think that, so back to um, Portia in the show, I think that Andy pretty much said it best when he said, um, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to say, you know, 
he said something, but that is not, he's not going to say goodbye. He's just going to just put it on pause. I think that that is the case. Um, she is still working with the network. As long as you're working with the network, you can always come back. If things had not gone as horribly as they did the last time that just like with Kim, if things hadn't gone as horribly as they did the last time she came back, not to mention her other, um, the other side of her that we all always kind of knew was there, but it was on full display when she came back that last time and she was called on it. She would have been able to come back to Atlanta as often as she wanted, especially given their level of desperation now anyway, and the fact that they're bringing back Sheree. So having two OGs instead of one would have been great, but no, but she just, there's just no way that she can ever not that she would want to, but there's just no way that she could ever come back and work with anybody from this cast after how thoroughly the bridge was burned uh, with these ladies the last time she was there. Like, I think, you know, they would literally walk out if and how she tried to bring Kim back. Right, and how she rebranded herself on her show as being like, the type of people who vacation at the Florabama shore uh, and exactly. go hunting and oh, as, I mean, let's call a, let's call a spade a spade. She was, you know, she was pretty January six, definitely, and uh, definitely, and, 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 and you know, if we really want to call it out, we saw that. I know you and I talked about it way back. We saw that in her husband from moment one. I will yes. never forget. Who, what, what was the first big occasion he came to with the women? I want to say it was Phaedra's second child. Um, it was, it was maybe the baby shower for Phaedra's second child. Who's the second one? Mr. President? Mr. President. <laughs> ah. It was, yeah, it was the, the baby shower. It was one, it was one of those type of events. It, it must've been that because Kim was long gone by the time uh, Candy had Ace. So this would have been, um, she wasn't there for either, for the birth of either of Candy's children. So this was uh, Phaedra's second baby. And that was Croy's first like major event with all of them in one place. And even before the fight started, he looked like just being at the table with them made his skin crawl. Yeah, he he definitely isn't black people friendly. Even her little assistant sweetie or whatever. Oh, that was just horrible. He wouldn't interact with her. Yeah, it was like, it was bad. Even when she was on the show, he yeah, wouldn't yeah. interact with her. The the little cook, the little dark haired white lady, he'd keep keep with her all the time. But like sweetie, no. Yeah, it was a mess. So, but anyway, so that's the deal with them. I'm trying to think, I didn't write down any other Bravo, um, any other Bravo gossip. I mean, we know that the, um, I think that at this point, we already know where the situation is going with the Beverly Hills Housewives. Um, as, as I was saying, uh, talking to someone on another podcast, the real tea with the Beverly Hills Housewives and when you're really going to get into how folks like really feel and be able to judge whether or not like everybody is still either standing, you know, 10 toes down with Erica who's riding the fence and who's completely on the other side is really going to be at the reunion because these uh as as you as we see from just the stuff they're talking about on the show this their their taping was very much this time last fall through like right before christmas because the the los angeles time article and the initial set of lawsuits and all of that happened in october and november and then the actual declaration of him as incompetent happened uh at the beginning of december so of and all this was in 2020 so a lot of what they're talking about in terms of 
them sort of going back and forth and a certain level of confusion about how much money, um, who who knew what when, not that, I mean, you and I know that really doesn't matter in a civil case, but, but it does matter if somebody is your friend. And I, and I respect that. Um, you know, legally, you and I as attorneys understand what matters and doesn't matter um, from a civil point of view. Either you, either you have the money or you don't. And if you don't have the money and it belongs to somebody else, then you got to get them their money. And whether or not anybody knew is irrelevant. However, I have to remember when I'm watching these shows to take the lawyer hat off and remind myself that when someone is your friend, even if intellectually you understand the legal part, you do still want to know what what they knew and what they didn't know because that sort that's going to impact how you feel about your friend. Well, I think it's so funny how Bravo is doing all of these Beverly Hills reruns like yes. crazy, especially the ones focusing on Erica. Oh, absolutely. They are working their way up to what they hope will be the biggest reunion ratings in Beverly Hills Housewives history. And I am inclined to believe they are absolutely going to get them. I, you know, uh, between whatever amp up, which I'm sure they're going to start doing probably this week because, um, unless I read it or watched it wrong, tomorrow is the season finale. So even though we have been getting tidbits about the reunion coming up, you know, these leaks, which we know are coming from Bravo, obviously. And, you know, and not just the looks, but stuff that what supposedly went down between her and Andy and supposedly went down to her and Kyle. This stuff is coming from Bravo. They don't have audiences at these reunions, especially... Right now because of COVID, but Bravo Housewives reunions uh, never had audiences because they do them at like special places and do a whole set. I mean, I don't know if in the very beginning, but certainly not over the past seven, eight years because they've turned them into these big elaborate like movie sets for their reunions. So this stuff is very much leaked by production and and often as we know deliberately so that part uh that side of things notwithstanding we know that um they're going to uh, that they're probably what they're probably going to do is do a um uh, do uh, you know they've been releasing this stuff and then they're going to do a big 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 ramp up to the reunion i'm actually shocked that they're not going to just that they're not going to move the reunion to sundays uh to at least um you know or at least show like a rerun of the reunions on sundays because i i think this is going to be probably the biggest if not the biggest, one of the biggest uh, reunion ratings wise they've ever had. It'll certainly be the the biggest ratings that they've had on the show in years because again, all of the ratings for the shows are down. But this is gonna be huge because uh, part of what I was gonna say too is, and I don't know if the audience is quite this savvy, but uh, but there are a lot of viewers who, who are, now this this reunion having just been recorded about what was it maybe 3 or 4 weeks ago now when they are going in it is in real time they have had now had the benefit of the full last mm-hmm. 9 months of everything that we know like all the stuff that we've been yelling at our televisions for weeks watching the show in fairness to the women, they have no idea because in real time when they were recording this, none of it had happened yet. Right, right. So now they have had the full benefit of it. I'm sure consulting with their attorneys if they have good sense the way that Sutton did, because I wouldn't go anywhere near a set with her without having consulted my attorney. There, you know, the whole like the Hulu special is out, the 15 billion profiles in 
every major newspaper. The LA Times has been on their asses. The multiple court hearings, and again, these women have the benefit of uh, being able to, you know, just pay a couple of hundred bucks to an attorney to explain it to them, or they've got friends who are attorneys who are involved in these cases. So they are coming into this well-versed, guns blazing, not to mention, you know, anything that they said that Bravo deliberately pisses them off with each other about with their um, with their confessionals, uh, Twitter, all kinds of stuff. So, and we know it's going to be something because they're giving them four parts. And there is literally nothing that happened on this entire season (laughs) except this. I mean, yes, you have the situation with Crystal and Sutton. I don't think that's going to really go very far because I just don't think people like Crystal enough. And I would be, I think if Crystal gets a second season, it's only because she has money. And if nothing else, Beverly Hills does except for a little bit of stunt casting here or there with Brandy Granville. Everybody does, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Beverly Hills does make sure they have money on the show. For the most part, yes. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. They'll bring like some stunt casting, like Brandy, we know that she had nothing, but they'll, money or the illusion of money, because it's in Beverly Hills. The illusion Hills, of money. That is, and, now that is completely accurate. Yeah. But a better illusion of money than these other cities, because remember with Beverly Hills, you get, you get a pass on money if you are a celebrity. Right. Like, know that Lisa Renna and Harry Hamlin, they're well off, but they're nowhere near as rich as some of these other women, but they are Hollywood. So that's enough. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I it definitely looks like they've done well for themselves. I mean, no shade. I, I don't think they're hurting, but, um, you know. No, I, I was just thinking about some of these housewives that didn't quite make it. Like, remember the weird one who had all the crosses in her home? Yeah, um, you know that like yeah, this has some weird ones come and go. You yeah, know what I mean? But again, she was like again. Some of them were like celebrity adjacent. Like you know, you got the 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 little is isn't the Mellencamp one? Is she the one who's yeah. still really good friends with Kyle? And she's like running that skinny cult that I'm sure. We're yes, yes. Well, that I'm lawsuits for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was once again, I was watching a rerun and she was she was talking about her little cult. And of course, this is before all the Nexium stuff popped off. And she's talking about her accountability service. Yeah, that's I think that that's going to be the next one. You know, we're going to have some folks fall out and then there'll be a, a Netflix documentary about that one. That's that's the next one coming. Um, so yeah, there's, but yeah, who was the cross one? The cross one, is she the one who- She had had, a British accent and- Now, who's the one who had Boy George living with her? Was that the Mellencamp girl or was that- No, that's Dorit, Dorit. She's the one. Okay. PK had Boy George living with us. Yeah, there's yeah. So they've had some crazy ones, but again, Beverly Hills. If you've got some celebrity attached to you, we let Beverly Hills slide, and and I'm fine with that because again, it's a it's a different thing with the whole Hollywood piece. I think that if as long as Beverly Hills doesn't bring us anybody who is both broke and has no connection to any kind of show business, anything whatsoever, that's when they will officially uh, jump the shark with casting. They haven't had, they've had some casting that has been questionable, but they haven't completely gone down the tubes because they either get showbiz, showbiz or money. And and I'm good with that because it's Beverly Hills. Um, right. Atlanta, uh, you know, it jumped the shark as soon as they started just saying, okay, if you could just live here three months out of the year, then uh, then we got you. And then last year with the YouTuber and whatever, it's just like, okay. No, that took me out. It took me out when um, they had Christopher Williams 
white. Yeah, and then she didn't even quite make it onto the show. Well, guys, it looks like for Salt Lake City, and I'm going to rename this episode, we're going to give you a part one and a part two because we are knocking on an hour. So what I am going to do is I am going to end this as part one, and then we are going to come in with part two, and I promise we are going to talk just about Salt Lake City because it was a great it really was a good episode so you guys stay tuned and or rather come back because we are going to have part two and part two is going to definitely be all about Salt Lake City but I'm still going to play us out with our happy music okay Melissa uh just uh stand by okay okay bye-bye